0: Coming up on See Here Love.
1: The best things in life are free, but the second best things happen to be very expensive. <laughs> 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 I was like, so true. <laughs> That's so
2: true.
3: You were loved by God. Well, welcome back to See Here Love, and we've got a great show for you today because we're listening in on our after hours conversations with millennial host, Joanna LaFleur, along with regular contributors, Hannah, Earl and Camille. And today they're talking about money, career and calling and what they wish they had learned about finances all from a Gen Z and millennial perspective. So let's head on over to The Loft in Toronto now to listen in on their conversation.
2: Hello, my friends. Welcome to After Hours Conversations. I'm Joanna LaFleur, and this series features amazing young people, next-gen leaders coming up, and we want to hear from them. That is what this whole series is about. And so we have an amazing panel of Camille, Earl, and Hannah today joining us. We're so glad that they're here. And we're talking today about money, money, career and calling. So it's a huge topic. We could go lots of different directions. I can't wait to hear how you think about money and career. But before we do any of that, I have a game for you. We always start with a game at after hours. And so, um, okay, the game, because we're talking about career, maybe you're going corporate, maybe you wanna go nonprofit. I don't know. But but if we're talking about careers, we're talking about business, we're talking about how who makes the money in this world, I wonder if you know the slogans of these organizations. So we're gonna tally who says the slogan first and keep track. Honesty, please. Who gets them? Uh, who gets uh, you know the most answers right? All right. The first one: the happiest place on earth. Disney. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah got it. So that was close. she was right there. Life's messy. Clean it up. Clean up. Uh, Swiffer. Oh no. Close.
0: Bounce. Co- I don't Whistle?
2: know. Okay, you're really close. Bissell. Bissell. Oh. I think it's, uh, it's vacuum. vacuums and yeah. stuff. Oh. Okay. Bet you can't. can eat just one.
1: I don't. Some sort of donut. Bet you can't eat just one.
0: I want to say chicken nuggets, McDonald's, but I know it's not.
1: Really, you don't know uh, the right? Lay's. Lay's. Oh. Oh. Okay, oh, for okay.
2: Real. Hannah, you're still in the lead because <laughs> amazing. Thank goodness. <laughs> you don't subscribe to corporations, so. Far. <laughs> Uh, finger licking good.
0: Uh, Chipsy. Go
2: that on. was it. That was it. Earl, you got it. It keeps going and going and going and going and going. It keeps going no and going. Idea. Energizer. Oh.
0: Oh. Energizer money. I only know the money. Oh, yeah, it's sure. fine. It's nope. <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> okay, how about this? Because you're worth it.
0: Maybelline. No. Close? No. no. Close? L'Oreal.
2: Yeah, oh, there it yay. is. Okay, we got one. We're tied. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, this one, <laughs> Earl, I look to you. <laughs> if you don't get be it. Be well, be planet.
0: Oh, Lululemon.
2: There is Lululemon. Oh. Think different. Bogue. Um, no, totally different. Think different. That was a guess. Apple. Apple. What? Apple. Oh. Thinks different. This is an old one. I actually don't know if this is their slogan anymore. This might be <laughs> dating me. Where's the beef, McDonald's?
0: Is it Chick Fil A?
2: Like that? And W, Wendy's. Where's uh, the beef, guys? Okay, <laughs> how about the quicker picker-upper? Oh, Swiffer. Uh, no. No. Uh,
0: it's, it's it in that Uh, you
2: yeah you're 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 Bouncy? Cl- Boun- yeah Bounty. Bounty. There Bounty. it is. Oh, there it is. I'm Bounty. like he's got it. He's got it. Okay. Uh, have it your way.
0: Uh, uh Harvey's. No, you were Burger King. <laughs> Burger so King. King. Yes, sorry. yes was so you were
1: though. like, I'm like sure.
2: Um It gives you wings.
0: Ah, uh, B- Red, uh, Red Bull. Yeah.
2: There it is. Oh. oh, threw it in there last second. What can Brown do for you,
1: George Brown College?
2: <laughs> that wouldn't make sense, but it's it's uh, UPS. Oh, oh. <laughs> got it. Think outside the bun. Uh, Think McDonald's? outside the no, bun. Um, outside the bun, Hannah. Think outside the bun, right? Uh,
0: what has no, food <laughs> no bun?
2: I <laughs> know, Taco Bell. Taco uh, Bell. Okay, the last one is the snack that smiles back. Goldfish. Wait, what was it? Goldfish. Goldfish. Uh, I think we have uh, an uncontested winner here. Yeah, yeah. for real. Good job. (laughs) Amazing job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, from here, we want to go to the streets of Toronto where we talk to people on the streets to find out what do they think about money, calling, career, and that corporate life. If I gave you (laughs) a million bucks right now,
0: what would, you, what would you be the first thing you'd <laughs> um, I would invest it in probably cryptocurrency of some sort.
1: Well, I'd quit my job and uh, just travel around forever. <laughs> I would never be in one place. So
0: Buy my own private jet. Yeah, buy a jet. Sorry, say that again. Buy a private jet, yeah. How much money do you think you
1: need to be rich? Like, How much money
2: would you be making to be a rich person?
0: In Toronto, it's more more than average. I'd say probably anything seven figures annually, you'd be considered rich in this city.
1: Maybe like five million per year.
2: <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put a price. No, no, yeah. I wouldn't put a price on. I, I, yeah, personally, I don't think it's the money that makes you rich, is the people around you that makes you rich and the things you find pleasure in. Uh, money is just an object. Yes, it does help make you happy, but I don't think money is a way to define how rich someone is or how poor someone is.
3: It's our first ever See Here Love conference coming on Saturday, March 26, 2022. And the theme is making space. Making space for life giving friendships, leading yourself and others well, for loving your neighbors, and for Sabbath and rest. We hope you join me and our See Here Love co hosts and special guests, along with our amazing keynote speakers, Annie F. Downs, Joe Saxton, Holly Forche, and Shayla Visser, for an afternoon of fun laughter, celebration, friendship, prayer, and tons of learning and activities. We'd love for you to join us March 26, 2022. And for more information, go to seeherlovecom slash conference.
2: We're back here in studio with our amazing panel, even if they don't know a lot about corporate slogans. We have Camille, <laughs> Earl, who knows a little, and Hannah. <laughs> no, it's okay. But the first question I have, if we're talking today about career, money, calling, all that I feel like I'm hearing about in the news right now. Bitcoin. Can somebody explain
1: to me what Bitcoin is? What is Bitcoin? I have no idea. No like, doubt. okay, it's like, <laughs> oh, no, I actually do have an idea. It's like an online currency. Yes, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I have right. a credit it's card like... that gives me Bitcoin.
1: Oh, but wow. I don't have any Bitcoin. Do you yeah. know people
4: in your circles who are investing in Bitcoin? Yep. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah, so Bitcoin, crypto. Um, like, I know someone who bought, like, an office using crypto. Oh,
1: wow.
3: Yeah, wow. so it's a
4: digital currency. You don't really, like, withdraw. Like, it's not a physical money, so it's all digital.
1: It's, it's think, a whole new world. I think yeah. Tesla uh, accepts yes. Bitcoin yes. as they a do. payment method. It's yeah. true. It's true. So I've so heard all saying. of this, but I do
2: not own a bit or a coin.
0: <laughs> I know that you have to pay a lot of money to mine Bitcoin.
2: Yes. I don't understand this either, Yeah, but if we're talking about Bitcoin, mining, um, sort of wealth accumulation, where people grow and invest their money, I'd love to know what you think about the differences between being rich and being wealthy. Do you think they're different?
1: Um, Hannah, I'd love to hear from you first. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, when... I don't know. Part of me must admit that both words have, like, a negative Mm -hmm. connotation for me. But I I think wealthy is more of, like, maybe um, an old money thing. You know, it's the way of life you've lived your whole life, whereas Mm -hmm. rich, it's, like, something to attain. You know, you want to get rich. Huh. I don't
2: know. Maybe that's a distinction in my mind. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, what do you think, Earl?
0: Man, when I think rich, it's, like, yeah, like... uh, it's a lot of money. But when I think wealthy, um, I always think of, like, properties or materialistic things that doesn't automatically equate to money. Huh. So, like, cottages or big houses on the vital path, I would say wealthy or any investments that you have. But I also think, like, wealthy can mean, can be your own definition. Like, it can mean, like, I feel wealthy because I'm with the people that I love and mm. I own the things that I'm content with. Uh, but rich has this like physical thing that I need this amount of money in my bank account Whereas wealthy you don't necessarily need to have that
2: right mm-hmm. Yeah, could, and you have a bit of a background <laughs> in
4: Investments in investments yeah. and so yeah. I'd
2: love to know what you how you wrestle with yeah. these, mm-hmm. these words So
4: um yeah sure like with um, with what Earl and Hannah said um, for me like rich is something like more monetary Like something more physical well, but um, wealthy means um more established, like it's not just your monetary um, possessions, but it's also like your contentment. Um, you're you're okay with what you have right now. You're gonna be okay. You're established. Um, and actually, in um, in investment world, we use wealth the word wealth rather than rich. Hmm. Um, so rich is more like um, I guess uh, it's like a status of people, or like more like a slang that people use. But wealth is some someone that already had that for a long time they're established and like yeah old money
2: yeah i've i heard a definition really recently that said something like uh rich is how much money you have but wealthy is how long you can go without having to yeah. work
1: because oh, you might have a lot
2: of money but if you have a lot of expenses you're actually not very wealthy because yeah. right. it's just going out as fast as it's coming That's so, so is it something you aspire to um, I'd love to understand, you know, you, like you said, right off the bat, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, money can be an uncomfortable conversation. So when you think about wealth or rich, whichever word you want to use, is it something you are working towards in your own life?
4: I would say I want to just get to a place where I'm content. I don't want to get super, super rich because I know how it's like to have that many, that much money and you're super busy because you're working your um, yourself just to get that much um, money but you lose time with your loved ones mm. and then you kind of lose yourself into it and you s- just kind of focus on the mo- money part so I want to just get to a place where I'm okay but I want to spend those with the people I care about with the um, causes that I care
0: about and like which is church um, crossroads for example yeah yeah awesome. so there's kingdom.
2: yeah
0: uh, Earl, what do you think Um, I think growing up, I did want to be rich or wealthy, but I think over time, what I've learned is the more money I've actually earned, the more and more I'm not content with life. Hmm. It's just like, even though if I have money, I always seem to want the best thing and the most expensive thing, and it it doesn't actually give me any joy. Hmm. And so I think... I I would I would love to be rich or wealthy, but at the same time, I've learned over the past few years to be very content with what I have and just love what I have. I like to spend my money on experiences rather than materialistic things because huh. I know experiences are more uh, it lasts longer, whereas uh, physical things can just wear out. So, yeah, I I I would be lying if I said I don't want to be rich, but at the same time, I know that it's like. It's not going to give me any joy. So there's really, yeah. I just want to be happy and joy, like and content with my life, mm-hmm. and so that's where I aspire to be. Even though it's a struggle to always want to become richer or wealthier,
2: like it feels like a moving target. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you have more money maybe now than you did five years ago, but
0: but man, I'm still spending yeah. more money. I'm paying rent, and yeah. then it's like it's not. Yeah. But so I'm just like, I'll, I want to be content with life. Yeah.
2: yeah. What do you think, Hannah? You've maybe kind of already answered this question.
1: Yeah. But- I mean, I feel like I'm similar to Earl, you know, that I think immediately, like, I'd like to say, like, oh, yeah, I never want to be rich, but I think everyone wants to, because with money comes comfort and low stress, hopefully. Um, and so I think, yeah, ideally, I would like to not be stressed about money. <laughs> um, but um, I heard this one time where there's this specific amount of money where I think, you know, once you get above that, there's no, um, you, you won't get happier. Right. So it's like, there's a, 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 an amount that like will increase your happiness to a certain degree. Cause but like then after point, that, if you don't
2: have a house, it'll, you'll be happier if you have a place Right. To live.
1: Exactly. So like <laughs> yeah. I, that's interesting to me because it's, it's lower than you would think. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I have this t-shirt that I find hilarious that says, um, the best things in life are free but the second best things happen to be very expensive. (laughs) I was like, so true. That's so true.
2: Okay, so if we're thinking about um, money and what we're aspiring to, I'd love to understand uh, from you uh, what it would take for an organization to get your money. I don't mean like a corporation. I mean like a cause. Mm -hmm. So do you give to a cause now? Um, or to a church or something, and what would be something that inspires? Maybe recently you've given to something, you think, what inspired you to give to that organization? Earl, what inspires you?
0: I mean, I give to church, and I also donate my money to sick kids. Ah. So that, to me, is inspiring because I work with kids every day. And so anything that has an impact on youth and kids and just makes their life better is, is what I want to give my money to because I know just the impact that I've had, and the people that have impacted me when I was a kid, and so I wanna give that back hmm. to organizations like that. Um, and I know people who've gone to sick kids who are close to my life and have benefited from it, so I wanna be able to you know, give back.
1: Yeah.
2: And wh- what about you, Hannah? What would be the kind of thing you wanna to give to?
1: Yeah, I think the more I know where the money's going, the more likely I am to give. Um, I mean, my, I I grew up like with my parents working with the Salvation Army, so it's interesting to have this organization that I know so well, and it goes, like money that people donate to the Salvation Army it goes to such a variety of places. Right. So that's always been interesting for me to, you know, learn about an organization and then know, okay, there's all these places that it's going, so where am I hoping to give? And I, I think I, it was on UNICEF's page once that I was looking into, and you can have the option to give to a certain specific thing, and so I appreciate that, I think. Um,
2: right, like not the whole organization, but a, right, specific, a specific issue. Like we're building a well right. or school supplies or something.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, I think. Yeah,
4: cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Camille? Um, I think for me, it's um, I have to believe in the cause for me to, to give. So Melinda knows this very well. Um, See Her Love was one of the biggest factor that helped me out of my depression. Wow. Um, so being a crossroad, I didn't even know Sierra was part of Crossroads oh, <laughs> and God okay. led me here. And I was huh. like, oh my gosh, it's Melinda. So I was hyperventilating when <laughs> <laughs> it was on camera. Um, but yeah, I support Crossroads because I, I've seen the work that they do behind cameras. I've seen the amount of prayer and just the amount of work that goes into every single detail that uh, goes out in there. And they really walk the talk. So when I see... Um, Organizations like that, nonprofits like that, I really want to give. So I give to my church because they really just pour their heart out to their people. And I've had bad experiences with my previous church, but this one is just like, wow, this is actually like God's church. And Crossroads is the hands and feet of Jesus. Hmm. Wow,
2: yeah. that's amazing. That's really ins- I didn't know that story. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what is something? that you wish they taught you in school about money, your future career.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, yeah.
4: so many things. Okay, well, we'll start with you. Taxes. Yes. It I was literally so well, hard. hard. <laughs> like, You'd think they would teach us like all the basics about money because we had like what four years and then plus university, but no, they like throw you out <laughs> in the working world and you're like, what do I do with this? <laughs> do I get like dinged by CRA? <laughs> Are you going <laughs> to prison? Yeah. Tax fraud? yeah, yeah. and then we, you get those calls where like you owe money from the CRA, but which is spam. Um, but yeah, taxes. I wish they taught us how to do that and like just you know do proper bank banking and how to research the proper. Um, interest rates and stuff like that, because I know a lot of people who don't know anything about, like, finances and saving. Yeah. And I was just, I guess, um, privileged and honoured that my grandma raised me to be frugal <laughs> and um, that I work at an investment firm. So but you learned, like, on the job almost. On the job yeah. and, like, my grandma teaching me, like, ways. Right, Yeah.
2: right.
4: Yeah. Maybe that's like, a good follow-up question then. What do you wish they
2: taught you and where did you learn about money?
0: Um... I feel guilty because I'm a teacher and so I should be teaching kids (laughs) how to spend money. Um, But yeah, like I wish I learned how to use my credit card properly because Ah. you think that money is yours, but it's really not. And so I'm just spending, tapping, swiping. Um, But I did learn from my mom and I'm still learning from my mom. She's an accountant and so she tells me, spend your money on your credit card, but pay it right away. Um, And she's just been helpful with Doing my own taxes as well she's coached me how to do that with the cra sometimes i teach her because it's technology but um yeah she helps me with just making sure that i'm making the right decisions for like buying a car or finding my uh, car insurance the best price yeah. that we got so yeah my mom's been really good at that um but yeah I wish they taught us more about credit cards and how to spend money wisely.
2: It's true, because a lot of people, when they graduate high school, they're now eligible for a credit card, sure. and if you weren't taught how it works, yeah. you can get in very deep trouble. I'm in that trouble. Right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, still hence retail- your extra yeah. job you're working <laughs> yeah. on. I see, I see, well, you're <laughs> yeah, working on it. Yeah. Hannah, what about you? What do you wish they taught you, so many who things. who taught you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have to admit also, that uh, I'd like to blame all this on my school, high school (laughs) teachers, but I also did not pay attention in math class, so (laughs) they might have taught me this stuff, and I was like, they never taught me how to do my taxes, but um, yeah, taxes, I still don't really know. And part of me too is that when I don't know how to do something, I just, like, put put my head in the sand. I'm like, I'm not going to think about it because it's too complicated and overwhelming. And so I, yeah, I usually, like, get my dad's help, but I get my, stick my head in the sand from my dad. (laughs) So the idea of teaching me how to do my taxes, I think, is also overwhelming for him. So it's a bit of a recipe for disaster. But... You know, we're getting there. Well, okay, we're all having a bit of a therapy session here. <laughs> yeah,
3: for a little, real.
0: A little this money is nice. therapy.
1: This is,
2: this is cathartic, this is good, but we have to go to a break, so we'll be back in a few minutes and continue this conversation. Money, career, calling, we're gonna go there. See you soon. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of After Hours and See, Here Love. I hope you're enjoying this conversation as we talk about career and calling and what do you wanna be when you grow up? I love this text out of Romans 12 that talks about how to figure out what our future is and what we're supposed to do with our life. In Romans 12, especially in how Eugene Peterson wrote it in the message, let me read it to you. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention, fix your mind on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's Romans 12. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take long on Instagram or TikTok to see that there is a dragging down into immaturity happening in the culture around us. Uh, Dragging us down into meaningless life, chasing fame, money, wealth, power, beauty, success, success. Those things on their own will never bring us life, meaning, and purpose. God is reminding us in this scripture that whatever we do, whatever we may become in our career, an author, a teacher, a lawyer, a stay-at-home parent, a person who works in pastoral ministry, oh my goodness, I mean, there's thousands of jobs out there and available to you. It can be overwhelming. But whatever you may do, if we offer our lives to God, He will shape us and form us into people that look more like jesus and don't so much look like these uh, noisy tick tock things that are actually going to drag us down into their level of immaturity as it says here in romans 12. god wants to transform you from the inside out that he may use your career your calling your life for meaning for purpose for beauty and to raise up and bring hope and love to other people in the name of jesus that's how he wants you to live your life poured out as an offering. So every day, don't just be formed by TikTok and Instagram, be formed and transformed by scripture. Get it in your ears. If you want to audiobook it, get it on your app, get it on your, uh, you know, in your hands, on your iPad, whatever it is, make sure that you are studying the truth that God says about you, that you will be formed by him in your career and your calling.
3: If you've been listening to our conversation today and you're thinking, I would really like to know more about the Bible or how to have conversations about Jesus and culture or leadership and justice, then our partner Tyndale University would be a great fit for you. They have a ton of courses and programs that would be right for where you are at today. So go to our website, seeherlove.com, click on the Tyndale logo and start learning about things that really matter. It's not too late.
2: We are back in studio after hours. We have Camille, Earl, Hannah, this panel and therapy session about money, career, calling. So a big question I really want us to talk about today is how does God factor into your thinking around your future, particularly around your career or calling? Um, Let's start with you.
4: Um... Well, in the Bible, we are called to tithe 10%. um, But I know, like, a lot of people are, it's hard for them to do that with their finances and, like, with just their current situation. So I think of it in a way that, um, just like when Jesus was giving, like, whatever he had to people, he didn't, like, just put in, like, 10%, like, a cap on it. It's whatever God calls you to give um, to a certain organization or to church or to someone so, like, that kind of um, generosity, for me, it there's no number on it yeah. that you shouldn't have it.
2: And uh, what do you think about how your career as a whole plays into that? You've obviously gone through a huge career change oh, yes. recently. Yeah. So how has God, or has God, mm-hmm. uh, been part of you figuring out what to do with your job?
4: That was... Uh long journey. So right after grad, um, I worked for an investment firm. I was there for six years. I hate math. <laughs> and I took HR just because I didn't want math. But my dad wanted like some kind of business stuff. So I was like, HR is the way. <laughs> but and filming on the side. Um, and I ended up in an investment firm where I got promoted to the marketing manager. Huh. Half the time, if they're watching this, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I just Think like, I just it. memorize things. And that I just pass it out like that. Um, but during my job, I was I got to share with people in there. Um, I got to do uh, walks with them where I would share um, faith, um, and I was serving at my previous church for 10 years as a worship leader. But I knew that God wanted me for something else, but I just didn't know what. And then I came across See Her Love um, during a very difficult time in my life, and I was watching it. And um, I was applying to jobs because I really wanted a change of pace. And then I landed at Crossroads, not knowing that Huntley Street was a Crossroads production, that I See Her Love is a Crossroads production. And I lived on Huntley Street. And Huntley you Street was- on Huntley Street? street. The building wow. was across my place. I didn't know the whole time. Because yeah. I would see it on TV. I'm like, oh, is that across our street? And my mom's like, I don't know. Oh wow. Cool. We didn't know. Um, so I felt like God really used all my negative experience, my depression, all the hurts and stuff, to put me in a place where I would get to serve Him in a way that I've never imagined before. So my passion has always been in um, the creative field, so visuals, um, photo shoots, filming, um, anything creative. And I get to do all of those while serving the Lord every day. And not everyone gets that opportunity and privilege. Yeah, yeah. So you feel like God has really led you to where you're
2: at. That's amazing.
4: Yeah, I feel like he really like plucked me out of a very difficult situation to put me in a place where I get to even like do this and share his love to people. Yeah. And I've never imagined.
2: Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know Hannah, you're on like a a, a different journey with, where everybody around here is doing different things with career and calling. Uh, where are you at with that as you're trying to figure out Um, your faith and work and how do those things connect for you or don't they connect
1: yeah I mean it's fascinating because I feel that when you know when I was in high school I never imagined (laughs) where I would be right now I'm doing a few different things that are really disjointed and not connected so um, yeah I work at a restaurant main source of income and then I do some ministry stuff with uh, Danielle Strickland yeah. I forgot her name for a second, <laughs> um, Danielle Strickland, and then a few other things. So it's interesting because, you know, as a young person, especially if you're in school and, you know, you're paying rent in a city like Toronto, um, tithing is so challenging. And so mm. for me, you know, to reconcile that with, you know, what I'm called to do and what I'm asked to do and, and stuff, and then how I am just living and the stresses I already have has been an interesting journey just to understand, you know, um, yeah, God is a graceful God and, or gracious God. And so like, how do I, you know, navigate that? It's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Earl, what about you? As you're meandering this teaching career, how yeah. has God played a factor in those decisions?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of like from when I, growing up, I feel like I had to have a set stone or like a, a set path for where I want to be. Um, there's a lot of pressures for my parents and other people to like become this. But it didn't come, and, and it didn't click to me until like really what I wanted to do until like first year of university. And I know some young adults will go through this journey of university and still not know what they want to do. And um, thankfully, God has made it really apparent in my life where uh, he placed me, and that would be working with kids and students rig- whether that be in youth ministry or in classrooms. I, I just remember just thinking about the things that I was doing in my life, like, what am I gonna do? And then my mom recognized the fact that I was like, you've been working with a lot of kids. You've been working with youth and camp. You should really get into, like, you should try and see what teaching has, huh. is like. And so I've, like, I, I've been so blessed to just love the job that I have right now, um, even though it's just a substitute role. And I got to teach French it, the past three months, and I don't speak French at all. Oh my it was just a challenge, but <laughs> I, I just I just took that as an opportunity to even just, like, love on the kids. Wow. Um, even if I didn't know how to, like, conjugate verbs with them, <laughs> I, I knew that I was making an impact yeah. in their life, and so I, like, that's always been my goal and the passion that God has put in my heart, and so that's how I've kind of, it, it took a while for sure. It took a couple years to figure it out, but God has been so amazing to just even make that a little bit more clear for me.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Wow. I'm hearing all of you mention you sort of vicariously, Melinda, even if you didn't know each other yet, you're talking about family influence, Danielle Strickland. There's these mentoring people. Um, what would you say, like, for, for, you know, just for young people out there and, or older people watching, through, you're looking for a mentor um, to help you with these mm-hmm. kinds of parts of your life? Career, calling your stuff, and what to do with it. Uh, What advice would you give to somebody about how to make a connection with an older person, or or what they're like, you know, to make what what they're looking for in a mentor? Yeah.
0: Well, for me, I've been pretty lucky at Muskoka Woods. We have like a one-to-one system where they kind of pair us up, and I actually reached out to the person that I want to mentor me because I know that he was just like organizationally really good for who I am um, as a person, because I'm pretty disorganized and I'm just all over the place. Um, but we like meet once a week and he, he just asks how I am. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if, when we're looking for mentors, we want people to, the, the people above us or mentoring us, we want them to know us really well and we want, us, we want them to uh, want the best for us. And just like really truly know your weaknesses and your mm-hmm. strengths so that they could guide you mm-hmm. into like the path that God wants you to be in and keep you accountable for sure. I know that um, when I meet with my mentor, my one to one, he will always ask me, How are you doing? And if I don't, I, if I say I'm good, I'm just like, Tell me more. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. This is what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah. But yeah.
2: Yeah, Hannah, what about you when you're thinking about mentorship?
1: Yeah, I love. Mentorship. I think it's such a powerful way to grow as an individual and just to like, yeah, again, have accountability. Um, I once heard this, you know, this like cross model of mentorship. So, you know, you're in the middle and then you have someone above you who's mentoring you. You have some peer mentors and then you are mentoring someone. And I love that. And I've kind of tried to keep that as a model in my life just to Um, Have some peers that I trust and that I love to talk through things and then also having a mentor like Danielle Who's just excited to dream about possibilities for the future with me and who knows me really well and and then also um, Have the awesome opportunity to mentor someone younger than me and just yeah walk alongside them and love them and care for them And yeah, so it's it's truly a blessing. I think for everyone. I think everyone should do it.
2: I love that image up, down, sideways—it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. yeah, Camille, what about for you? I mean, whether it was you know on TV <laughs> or you know <laughs> on screens or in person, yeah. uh, you know, how has mentorship worked for you in your in your direction?
4: Uh, well, for me, uh, well, Melinda knows this too. I had a, such a bad experience at my previous church um, that I I was hesitant in even joining a, a Christian organization or a church or like find a Christian mentor. Um, but one, one of my best friends, she's a Christian, and she actually was the one who shared the gospel to me before. She told me that it's really not about like that label. It's about doing life with someone with Christ in the center. So that changed my perspective. And then when I joined Crossroads, I met people like Melinda, Lara from Huntley, Colette, Grace, and the people in my team who are all, like, mentors to me, we are kind of, like, just really just help doing life with each other. So, like, when they ask me, like, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. And they can see in my eyes, I'm like, you're not good. And then they will be like, okay, let's have lunch. And they will put me aside and they will just teach me about life because they've walked the life. Um, They can give us, like, a lot of solid advices that we haven't, because we haven't been there yet. We're still walking that um, chapter, but for them, they've seen it already, so they can impart those wisdom to us. And yeah, for me, it's really not that having that label, it's doing life with people who are in Christ
2: and with Christ. So you're talking about they've been there before you, they maybe can see a little bit ahead. If you could go back, like what would you say? We'll say, like five years ago self, um, give or take. If you could say something to your five years ago self, what advice would you give them around their direction? And their career and their calling in life or how to use their credit card. <laughs> 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 or uh, what Not would real. you say?
0: I honestly if I had five if if I go back five years I would say just be kind to yourself. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us or for me anyway I've been pretty harsh on like the mistakes I've made mm. um, and any of my failures but I really just wanted I'm learning now to be kind to myself because life is a journey yeah and um you're not going to get it right every time. And the, the only thing that matters is that you get up and go and keep going and learn from the mistakes you've had and remembering that God was there even when you made a mistake. And yes. he's always going to be there. Wow,
4: Camille, what would you say to five years ago, Camille? Oh, wow. Um, I would say, first of all, trust the Lord in your plans. And like I know like it, our world is very chaotic. A lot of people would be like, yeah, you should do this. And other people would be like, no, you should do this. But in the end, you should trust the Lord um, in all of your decisions, because he knows what's best for you and he knows how to get you there. Um, and second is date someone who's genuine about the Lord. <laughs> Different chapter. Um, <laughs> That's good, yeah. yeah. And then the third one would be spend as much time with the people that you love, because like, money is just something monetary that you
1: can spend, but time, you can't get that back. Right, mm. right. Hannah? Yeah. I I feel like I would say so many things. Um, And it's interesting too, because I have like mentees who are five years younger than me. So like, how am I communicating to them what I wish I had known? Um, And I think a main thing is it goes along with what you said, Earl, is just like, um, be patient with yourself, you know, take things a little less seriously. Like when it comes to even just like work, school, calling, faith, you know, like, um, have a little bit more freedom and how you interact with all those different spheres. You know, mm-hmm. ask more questions, be curious. And and I think just, like, yeah, take life a little less seriously. Um, when you're in high school, I think you have a lot of pressure to make all sorts of huge decisions. And so, like, to just, like, chill out a little bit, laugh more, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's what I would say. I One of my mentees has, like, three jobs in high school. And I'm, like, all the time, I'm, like, just chill, you know? (laughs) So I think there's, there's a time and place for a lot of those things to take seriously. But, um, I think generally we take them a little too seriously as high school students.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you all talk about this grace you're extending to yourself, your previous self as you're on the journey and finding, you know, guidance along the way, whether that's God or mentorship or, you know, just knowing yourself better. And I, and I hope for everyone watching, that's what we can offer to you too, that you would feel an extension of grace today, that where you've come from, even as Earl said, that like we're learning and we're on a journey, and and you are too, and we're so glad that you're watching after hours with us, part of this conversation. So thank you so much to you as a panel. But before we go, we want to pass off to Melinda Estabrooks. She's the host of See Her Love, and we've been talking a little bit about her because we want her to offer some reflections on what she's learned today from this amazing panel of young people.
3: <laughs> Joe!
2: Hey, <laughs> Mel, you have been listening in on a big conversation. This is a
3: big one. We're talking about calling and money, money and
4: careers. And Bitcoin,
3: which I honestly didn't have. I still any can't idea. figure it out. I didn't even know what that was. Cryptocurrency. I was like, what? I have no idea. <laughs> didn't know what they were talking about. I love this one because I realized this, Joe. We, as sort of the Gen X or boomer older generation, have a lot to do in helping next generation, our young people, with money. Hmm. Because over and over, you know, Camille and Hannah and Earl were saying, we didn't know about taxes, we didn't know about credit cards, interest rates, any of that. And so I think, you know, my takeaway for this conversation is we need to teach. And for us, not be afraid of if we don't know ourselves about our own finances, us to learn. So we need to take initiative on it. But we also need to teach the next generation because mm. that's a big deal. Like, I was listening to you guys. And I'm like, this is a big deal. And they're talking to you saying, I wish we had known. Yeah. And they felt alone in learning. And thankfully, they had some grandparents and and parents and stuff but they said school isn't teaching them so if they're not learning it at school then they need to learn it at home
2: but don't isn't that so relatable though what they're saying about (laughs) you can only go forward you can't go backwards i feel all of us have made a silly financial decision whether big or small consequences we've all made different decisions maybe
3: because we just didn't know that's true and i think too what i also loved when you're asking about wealth and wealth versus being rich it was interesting that when they defined wealth the two of them, they said wealth wasn't just monetary, but wealth was people and community and things that weren't necessarily things you could buy. And that was really encouraging for me because you know when I look around, it's always like on Instagram and on social, it's always about look at what I have, look what I can do because I have money. And it was just really refreshing to hear young people say, actually wealth is relationships and people. Mm -hmm. And that really, really encouraged me. Because I thought they would say, no, it's all about getting rich more followers, more money, more trips, but it actually was totally different. So that was that was interesting for me to hear.
2: Yeah, great reminders from this whole panel. Yeah. I'm so glad we're talking to them today. Yeah,
3: so thank you for that. Keep those conversations coming, jokes. I love this. I'm learning and I'm realizing even from my own teenagers, uh, Chris and I need to be a lot more intentional mm. on, on teaching our kids about money and savings and taxes and all things. So good reminder, so great conversation. Thanks, Mel. Well, thanks so much, Joanna, Hannah, Earl, and Camille for your engaging conversation. There was so much to learn from you, listening to your perspectives and how you see and view the world. And as I listened, I now know how I can support and pray for you and the next generation around money and career and finances and calling. So thanks so much for sharing so bravely and honestly. And to our viewers and listeners, if you'd like to watch the entire show with their fun games and more lively conversation, go to our See, Here Love YouTube channel, and you can catch our After Hours conversation web series there, or you can listen on our See, Here Love podcast on Spotify or Apple podcast. And remember at SeeHereLove.com, we have all of our past episodes, blogs, resources, and great partners for you to read up on. I want to leave you with this. I want to encourage you to pray for our kids, your kids, your grandkids, and the next generation. They need us to listen to them, to be present, and to advocate for them, to love them with fierceness and kindness. And as you do, know that you and our next generation are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us.
1: See, here, Love thanks our partners who make this show possible.
2: Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded, non-profit organization and member of the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing See, Here Love. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R, 4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.